It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA, hour number two in your Monday afternoon. Robin Ed with you, 547-1610. If you want to get involved, you can also hit us up via email, 610KONA.com, bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and we're on Twitter as well, at bottom line 610. So apparently, Ed, a few people around here have decided to use NARC on your neighbor.wa.gov. <laughs> I I think they just bypassed that altogether and went straight to the Ben Franklin Health District. Oh, and told them about some businesses that were illegally operating. Yeah, so about an hour ago, the uh, BFHD sent out a tweet message, mm-hmm. uh, in essence, uh, saying that uh, they'd been receiving many calls about dog grooming businesses that are continuing to operate. And they noted that they went through... Um, the governor's uh, executive orders and dog grooming is not considered an essential business. So basically they were saying that uh, that business is, is operating illegally. Now I'm Ooh. not, I'm not too sure what authority the Benton Franklin health district has, but um I think they were just sending out a little friendly reminder, I think, to everybody. Well, and this comes back to part of the the, the, the argument about essential versus not essential. Um, because, for example, you can uh, – there are people that I know that have particular issues with certain things that they need to have done by a professional whether it be something to do with nails, be it something to do with hair or something like that, that they that it's much better, much easier for them to have that service done by a professional so that they can maintain some aspect of health. And a lot of people have brought that up. Now, for example, you know, animals kind of fall by the wayside in a lot of this. Veterinarians aren't able to do, I mean... I've had to put my appointment off for six weeks Yeah, for mine because they're told they're not essential. Well, to you, they are. To me, yeah. To, to you, me, they're, to, they're your children. Abs, to me, they're more essential than I am. <laughs> so, you know, I, and I'm not going to lie. I got my dogs groomed. You did? And I'm okay with that. Oh, you now, lawbreaker. You're right. You know why? Why? Because my dog was in pain because of mats and things like that that needed to have taken care of. So I got it taken care of. And you know what? I was perfectly fine doing it. And no issues. You you stay over there. That's right. Lawbreakers are on the left side of the room. (laughs) Non-lawbreakers are on the other side of the room. But you know what? My dog's health, more important to me than the rest of it. And we observed social distancing and everything else that went with it. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Blind Bill out in Finley. What's on your mind, Bill? Well, now, do they consider my guide dog essential? That's a fine question, Bill. I would think so. I would hope so. I would I would hope so, but yet I can't get his nails trimmed. 
or you can't get his checkups done. Well, true. It, you know, uh, maybe we need to put a blindfold on our governor and let him walk around for 30 days. But uh, Oh, he's been wearing one for much longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought I'd ask, man, as you brought it up. But anyway, catch you all later. Appreciate the call, Bill. And again, it goes back to that point. This blanket thing deeming what is and what isn't has created a number of issues for a lot of people. Now, we have discussed over the last month or so uh, when these orders, you know, really started to take off, um, you know, the different aspects of it. And and we continually come up with um, maybe exceptions to the rule, but at least discussion points, you know, know, a case in point this last weekend, right? You can boat, but you can't fish. Things like that. And, you know, as much as I joke about needing a haircut, um, I I can certainly live without a haircut. I I will look shaggy when this is all done, but I can can live with that. You mentioned your dogs and your dog's health because you need to get the mats out of of the dog's fur Mm -hmm. or the nails clipped so they don't get ingrown or whatever. Let me toss this out to everybody. I have a relative of mine, a family member, uh, that is uh, was recently diagnosed with cancer and cannot get the port put in to begin receiving treatment for cancer. Why? Because that is considered non-essential. So another example of the, in many ways, I consider haphazard approach to what is essential and what is not. Some things, some things are very cut and dry, right? People still have to eat. So you got to keep the grocery stores open. You got to keep law enforcement open. You got to keep... Uh, you know, uh, health uh, facilities, hospitals and, and whatnot open. You, you got to do some of the basic life necessities, right? Mm-hmm. However horribly inconvenient it is for a lot of people, can we close school down for the rest of the year? Yes, we can. And, and, and yes, it's, it's tough on those seniors and it's tough on parents for a while. But yes, we could do that to, you know, and that's stepping back. Is that a reasonable approach? Yes. But then we start digging deeper, and that's when we start seeing the haphazardness. And that, I think, above else, at least for me, I don't know about Rob, but at least for me, that's where my biggest complaint with this governor is. That, and, we, and again, we've talked about these. The, the state-funded construction projects can go on, but residential housing cannot. You know, we just mentioned the the you can boat, but you can't fish. You know, th- that... Things like cancer treatments are considered non-essential. You can't put a port in for to receive your cancer treatment because it's that is not considered essential. Well, let me tell you, to the family, this family member of mine and all of this person's family, including me, that's a little important. That's that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Roy. I'm in Richland. Hi, Roy. What's going on? Well, I heard you talk about uh, pet grooming businesses and people just, you know, 
kind of wondering why are some of them open. From my understanding, uh, I encountered one place open just like last week, and I went in and said, hey, you guys are open? She goes, yeah, the governor basically rewrote something for them to stay open because she does, she does you know, doggy daycare. And so that was the reason why she was open. And Good. so we were able, yeah, we were able to take our, my girlfriend and I were able to take our dog in, get his nails clips. She was only letting one person at a time in the lobby, or she'll come and do uh, curbside and bring dog, you know, we park, we give her the dog, and she takes the dog in and do whatever. And now we have an appointment to get some more services done for the dog. Why, you know what, Roy, that sounds like somebody who is paying attention to social distancing guidelines and still being able to operate a business under those conditions and have everything. It sounds like a nice meet in the middle, Roy. Yeah, I just wish people would just, you know, check on the owners. Hey, you know, you're open. And, you know, she volunteered why she was open. I didn't care if she was, you know, if she she was breaking, you know, whatever law, that's her business. I'm not going to go around and, you know, tell on anyone. That's not me. That's not how I, you know, how I work. But anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know that that's why that business is open. Because that's it's following what the guidelines of the governor's uh, reset for her. That's fantastic, Roy, and we appreciate you sharing it with us. But, you know, it's a lot easier to send an anonymous email than to do that. That's right. Narc on your neighbor. Dawa.com. Yeah, it's, it's or a lot. just go to the yeah. health district directly. Yeah, it would take more effort to actually do what Roy did than, than it does for some people who get umbrage and want to be miserable and point fingers at other people because, you know, they want to continue to be miserable and think everybody else should be too. Just don't get it. I really don't get it. 547-1610, back with more of The Bottom Line, News Radio 610-KONA. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Welcome back to the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA, 547-1610. If you would like to get involved, you can also hit us up via email on our website, 610kona.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610. Now, we've seen and heard a couple of interesting things that could be developments uh, as far as some things opening up. Um, we heard last Friday that there could be some relaxation coming when it comes to auto dealers. We've also, there's also some rumblings that new construction could continue for people that are deemed essential. Um, but we're waiting to find out if any of these come through. But again, we get back to this, this piecemealing. The piecemealing is not necessary. Just do it. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Sarah. Kenwick. What, what's up, Sarah? Did I hear you say that a port for uh, cancer treatments was not uh, necessary? Was not deemed essential. Yeah. Deemed elective. Could not, could not do it. Yeah. I can, that, some, something's wrong somewhere. How would you, have, how would you get the treatment? Well, there's a lot of things it. wrong a lot of places in all this, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, somebody ought to hear about that. Oh, trust me, they they have heard, but uh, it's it's it hasn't changed yet. I hope that I hope that was that because of the governor or somebody. uh, Yeah. Well, I I hope he has a good attorney. (laughs) Well, his haircut is fantastic. Have you seen it lately? Oh, not lately. Oh well, he goes on these Sunday talk shows. uh, You know the, you know, meet the press and all that. He's got to look good. Oh yes, we wouldn't want him not to look good, but he may not look good one of these days. Well, well, and, and thanks for the thanks for the call, Sarah. Here's the interesting thing: that was a part of the conversation. 
at the rally on Sunday. Yeah. It's how the governor's hair is perfect. Well, if you're not supposed to be able to get haircuts and you're not allowed, if you're a hairdresser, you're not allowed to go to a private home and give a haircut and you're not allowed to have someone come to your home and give them a private haircut. Has the governor's hair just miraculously stopped growing? No, I think... Is uh, it a toupee? No, well, could be, but uh, I'm going to guess that uh, Trudy uh, busted out the Floby. Oh, yeah? Maybe got the small size bowl? <laughs> no, the the one that... It's the it, the Floby. It's the, Is that uh, the one that goes on the vacuum cleaner? Y- well, it, it looks like a, a vacuum cleaner for your, you know, to cut your hair. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe, I, but I mean, you know, Bob Ferguson, to his credit, is looking more like the Shaggy DA than the Washington <laughs> State DA. That's right. Because he, I mean, his quaff is definitely getting unruly. Yeah, he's. I, I mean, and he's got he's got a a, a decent set of hair anyway, and so, and it looks um pretty pretty big hey, right I'll now. I'll give him credit. He's yeah. following the rules. Yeah, but, he is. But is but is Jay following his own rules uh, again? The leaders get to do what the leader's going to do. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, Sparky here from Umatilla. What's Hi, up, Sparky? Sparky? Hey, hey uh, can I change the subject just, just a little bit? Um, I hope you don't get a big head, but I want to give you guys kudos. You're, you're very polite to your callers, and you let them make their point briefly, and then you respond. You don't interrupt, and you don't say, we're burning too much daylight, and this and that and the other thing, and I'm not going to say names, but I'll tell you, there's times I want to scream, guys, and it's not at you. Hey, thanks. Well, we appreciate, appreciate that, yeah. Sparky. We're 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 here. We're here as a sounding board for a lot of people, so we want to make sure that as much as we can uh, that that everybody's got their opportunity. Look, we've we've mentioned this a couple of times, and and I'll I'll give Sparky an assist on this for for this particular time. One of the one of the big things. That when Rob and I set out to do this show, this this uh, this particular talk show, was certainly we wanted to make it local. We wanted to uh, give you uh, in in our area, you know, central, southeastern Washington, northeastern Oregon, a chance to sound off on local issues, but also state and national ones, and fun things here and there. Occasionally, we'll do sports or you know, movies or, you know, whatever. But it was important for us to give you the opportunity to to chime in in a, in a nice, uh, professional manner. So that was, that's that's how we've approached this show. And, you know, we, you know, we, we do our best. Not, you know, we will cut people off. Um, and we've done it a couple of times. If you start attacking us, um, you know, we don't need to be doing that. Or if we're coming up on a commercial break and we have no control over that. Um, other than that, Sparky's right. We want to hear from you. And, uh, you know, that's that's really what this this show is all about. 547-1610, if you'd like to join the conversation here on the bottom line. So just out of curiosity, when we were asking about the governor's haircut, was I being insubordinate? Well, you always are. But. Well, but but I mean, we you know, he did did go down that line on Friday about, you know, the 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 president fomenting insubordination. Oh, and, uh, you know, I, I just want to make sure that I'm not being insubordinate to, you know, no, what he was and, what he was upset about was the 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 two words, the two word tweet oh, liberate tweets. Yes. Liberate blank, liberate Michigan, liberate whatever. Notice he didn't tweet out liberate Washington. 
No. Uh, either either he figures that we're a lost cause, um, or you know he's focusing on on other areas that uh, you know maybe just maybe are in worse shape than us. As far as you know, look, uh, we've heard horror stories about what you can and can't do in places like Michigan and other places. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to give Governor Inslee credit, but it actually could be worse than what it is right now. And, it, and it's not that great right now. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can email us, too. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. We read 95% of the of the emails. Yeah, just, there's some things we can't always read, but no. nonetheless, no. I, I, you I, say I, some magic words uh, and you don't get your email read. Right. The reason why I, go, I keep going back to the insubordinate thing is I thought it was awfully interesting that he used that language. Yeah. Um, that he used the language saying that he was fomenting insubordination. Now, <clears throat> we we do defer to our elected leaders in many cases. But we don't act as subordinates to our elected leaders. No. Because it's one of those interesting things about that word elected. It means that the people do decide that you are the person that they would like for them to do this particular job in their name and and on their benefit. For a a, a short period of time. Yes, but that does not come with a subservience clause. No. Unfortunately, there are many of the governor's persuasion that they don't see it that way. They see it as a uh, all-empowering thing. And that's why I think we have gotten to a point and this is this is fair to say on both sides of the aisle that we have gotten to a point where elected officials in some cases do believe that they have this uh, this above all authority and that what they say is to be listened to and behaved accordingly by everyone and that there is no disagreement allowed and there is no dissension allowed. And I, I hate to break it to the governor, but you are not the above all everything authority in this state. That's why we have three separate branches of government. That's why we have checks and balances. That's why we have a court system. We have a legislature and we have an executive branch. That does not change. So while you may put out an order, as Representative Clippert alluded to earlier, well, that order is good for certain things in a certain period, certain so on and so forth. But you can cross a line and it is the legislature's responsibility and the court's responsibility to make sure that the governor acts within his powers as an executive and does not step across the, that line and begin to exercise authority that does not come with his job. One of the signs that I saw along George Washington Way at the Richland protest yesterday, very short, very to the point, made me chuckle a little bit. Governor Inslee is not my dad. Yeah. Yeah, there was another one, too, that I saw, but we can't read it. It wasn't as pleasant. Back with more after this.
now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. You can email the program as well by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. At Dawson, Rob Francis on a Monday afternoon, gorgeous weather. And that's got to be playing a little bit of, of the psychological game on everybody as well, is if we were all going through this stay-home order and it was miserable outside, you know, January, February, something like that, there wouldn't be this as much, I don't think, as a rush to get back out out of um, the stay-home order. But it makes things really diff- difficult, especially on the psyche. Let's be real. Sunlight, sunshine, is does does good things to a person's mindset most of the time. And with you know, we got temperatures in the seventies and and the sun shines out and people want to get out and they're all kind of, you know, getting a little tired of this stay home order. And that's when your mind starts wandering. And not to say that it wouldn't happen anyway. I mean, I, I think many of the same people that were protesting this weekend would still have been out protesting their rights. But I think it's more widespread because the the weather is so nice. People want to get back outside and get on with their lives. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Oh, they didn't want to hang with us. 547-1610. I scared them off again, Rob. I don't know why I do that. You know, it's it's. I, I think you're absolutely right that the um, <clears throat> the change in the weather has definitely played into how a lot of people are feeling right now, uh, particularly those that enjoy their time in the outdoors. Um, it is a very interesting situation right now where people who normally would be out fishing or people who normally would be out doing something, maybe it's in a small group, um, are being told they can't do it. And particularly the fishing thing, that's that's the one that is really perplexing. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Victor from Kennewick. What's on your mind? What's the deal with... Boeing going back to work. <laughs> a lot of people have asked that question. What is the deal with Boeing going back to work? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Well, they were going back to work today. Yeah, there were 27,000 Boeing employees were supposed to go back to work today. Um, and we we haven't heard anything that, that, that they all had a tremendous COVID-19 exposure or anything like that. I mean, Boeing was supposed to go back to work today. A lot of places should have been going back to work today, to be honest with you, but that's just Well, you know, and I agree, but I I don't know. I mean, can you make 737s and social distance at the same time? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could. Uh, The different phases of making the aircraft. Appreciate the call. Um, 
Let's remember, though, and here goes Ed with his tinfoil hat again. Let's remember who, one of the one of the companies that Jay Inslee has placated during his time in office, and that was Boeing. And he has made special considerations for Boeing before. Now, I don't know that there is anything going on here. I don't remember seeing any amended executive order to allow for Boeing to go back to work. They're just doing it. Um, will the governor say anything about that? Will he be asked about it? Um, that's another question. Five four seven one six ten. 509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. You know, and and there's a lot. Because we're still in this position that we're in, there's a lot of speculation. A number of different countries are doing different things um, and seeing different results, seeing mixed results. Um, we'll discuss some of that after we go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KNA. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Linda from Kennewick. What's on your mind? Hi, I just heard you talking about Boeing, and my son works for Boeing. Um, they, uh, a certain segment of them, have uh, been half furloughed, which uh, is in, man- in the management area, which my son is one. And so um, they also, you know, are they're they're trying to balance what they can get done and what others can. So every other week he works from home. But uh, and the rest of the week he's off the, every other week. But uh, also with the um, uh, offer, I don't know how you pronounce how you do this with Boeing, but there is a, there was some kind of an offer that was made from the government to, and I'm assuming that's Washington State um, to Boeing. They haven't decided where they'll accept it or not, so I don't know what that you know what that would involve or what the complications are. But there hasn't been a decision on whether or not uh, they will accept whatever it is the government's offering. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. the call, Linda. Thank you so much. Very uh, much. Good, so. good insight. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Five zero nine five four seven one six ten. But. Yeah, I mean, you're look, you're you're starting to it, it it's kind of a an interesting uh tapestry of of what the business community is doing not only here but across the state. You have some businesses that are trying to adapt to the the current restrictions. You know, you saw a lot of restaurants cut back staff but move to curbside and delivery services just to stay afloat. You've In- seen other industries that um, simply just shut down. There's no real way for them to to do what they do without, you know, being in violation or if they were, in fact, deemed uh, non-essential, you know, as well. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, Ed, I'd like to see as many people get back to work as possible. And if they can do it in a manner that's going to comply and people are going to want to go back to work, I'm all for it. May as well. Why not? I, I'm. You know me. I'm always looking for that happy medium. And there's... I. I just I just think that there's got to be a way to do some, not everything. You know, you, uh-huh. can, you can't open up everything and go back to the way things were. But I, you got to I got to think that there's a way to do uh, do it somehow on a, on a smaller scale. Right. You're up at the bottom line. News Radio 610 KNA. Your name, where are you calling from? 
James Kennewick. What's on your mind? Um, defense contracts. That's how they're open. Any company with a defense contract can work. Because it's federal. Correct. Boom. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. And that goes to a long way to explain because federal trumps state when it comes to that kind of stuff. True. You know, but again, we're talking about what, 27,000 employees? Mm -hmm. I look at Hanford. Hanford cannot you you can't have nobody out there. No, right? you're right. But but they have they have cut back their staff and they're going on essential workers only. Right. Depending on what job needs to be done and so on and so forth. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K O N A. Your name? Where are you calling from? Sean from Benton City. What's on your mind? Hey, it's all uh, essential services things that people. I totally agree. You know, if you've got a if you've got a service animal or a dog that you want to go and get it groomed. 100%, especially if they can be as safe as they are, you know, going out to the curb and bring up the, uh, bringing the dog into the shop. But now what about somebody that needs a vehicle to get to and from work? Would that be considered essential? Because on Saturday, I went and bought me a truck to stimulate the economy as I get back and forth to work. What, what are your guys' thoughts on, on that as far as being able to buy something like that, like a vehicle, so you can get to and from work? Is that, would you guys consider that? Essential or not? Absolutely. Been screaming about that since day one. Well, that in this day and age, you know, people have one car. Some people have two cars because, you know, depending on on what your what your situation is, a car is essential for most people. So absolutely, from day one, we've been saying that dealerships should have been able to stay open if you could practice certain guidelines and so on and so forth to be able to sell vehicles to people, no matter whether they're essential personnel or not, because most people that need to get to work do it with their vehicle. Yeah, no question about that. Well, and the way the the governor's orders are right now, those uh, those car dealers that also can do repairs and do work on cars are able to do the work on the cars. You know, your car breaks down, you can have that worked on to get it back up and running for your essential job. So that's that is available right now. But what he's talking about is buying a, a whole new car. And um, I, I want to say, and maybe I'm wrong, I, 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 I'm, I'm couching this a bit, you can still buy a car in Oregon, can't you? Yeah, you I can believe still buy you a can. car in Oregon. Yeah, I believe you can. Oh so, yeah, you just got to pay the taxes in Washington. Correct. So I just, you know, being a border area, I wonder how many people are going down to Oregon to buy a car if they really want to buy a new car. But you should be able to, you should be able to get your car worked on. If, you know, you're using your car to get to and from work in your essential business. Appreciate the call. 547-1610-509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. You know, it's interesting how we have put some things into place. Other countries have put some things into place, so on and so forth, uh, regarding this. And there's been a lot discussed on both sides of the aisle about Sweden. Because Sweden hasn't put nearly the amount of restrictions on their population other countries have. Mm-hmm. Now, they've had 14,385 confirmed cases. 1,540 people have died. What some are saying is it's not an indicator of a policy failure, but well, they may have failed to protect the elderly. They may have failed to protect the high-risk people. But 
40 to 50 percent of the deaths in Europe have been attributed to ding, 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 assisted living facilities. Yeah. Just like the United States. Yeah. Go back to that. And so what they're saying is that if you look at Sweden and you look at what they've done economically, they're in a better position to bounce back than most of the countries in Europe. And what they've also done is something that we've discussed multiple times on this program, and that has allowed their healthy population to engage in herd immunity yeah, and to potentially be exposed and get over it. Now, more and more, we are hearing stories, not just from people around here, but I'm seeing stuff all over the place, that there are people, when you look at the symptoms, and they hear the stories of people who have had this, have begun to wonder if this has been in the United States earlier than we thought. That it got here before the massive rise that was pointed out in China. And, of course, we know that China engaged in subterfuge. We know that the World Health Organization was was poo-pooing human transmission as late as January. Well, November and December... There were a lot of people that were coming down with an illness that they were told was viral in nature, but yet they were told it wasn't the flu. And they were told, well, I really don't know what this is. And it was knocking people out for a week at a time. And, well, we really don't know what to tell you, but we can tell you it's not the flu, but it's some kind of virus. I've heard more of those stories over the course of the last couple of weeks then I have heard anything else. Now, am I going to sit here and say definitively that COVID-19 was here in November? I don't know that. But a lot of the symptoms were similar. And I'll, I'll, people, it kicked the butt, kicked the crap out of people. I'll, I'll, I'll just say I was one of them. I, you know, I, I was sick for several days. And uh, I went to um, a doctor. And I was, you know, I did not have the trouble breathing okay but it just you know and i got my flu shot okay so it was something it was it was flu like but i did not have the 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 labored breathing which at that time people believed that that was kind of the the turning point of where it might possibly could be the coronavirus and uh, but it knocked me on my butt and i don't i don't get sick all that often and I was out for several days. Well, I was tested for um, influenza A, negative, even strep throat, negative. Now, obviously, they didn't have testing capabilities for, for COVID-19. But again, I didn't have all the symptoms that people talk about. Could it have been? I don't know. But... I'm awfully intrigued at this antibody test that they have out. Maybe when that becomes more widely available, maybe I, I get that done to see if I have the antibodies. Hey, maybe I did have it. I, I didn't know. And the doctor sure heck didn't, didn't even think to look for that at that point. I would be the first one to volunteer because I got hit with something in December. Very similar. No idea what is it. I had never had anything respiratory in my life like I had in December. Told the same thing. It's not the flu. Some kind of virus. Don't yeah. know what it is. I'd be the first one to line up. You want to take a vial of my blood to see if there's antibodies in there? Go right ahead. At least it'll tell me 
if I was exposed or not. And I think more people that wind up getting that test done pre that were sick pre-January are going to tell us a heck of a lot more about how long this thing's been around, how many people it may have actually infected, because we know the numbers that are out there right now are completely and totally unreliable in, in so many different ways. I mean, yeah, we've got some case counts, but are they really all the people? No. No, there's a heck of a lot more people that have come in contact with this, but there's a heck of a lot of more people that they won't test either for certain reasons. So we're never going to get accurate numbers, I don't think. Back with Mortar after this. Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now, back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line news radio 610 KONA. Robin Ed hanging with you. Final few minutes here on a Monday afternoon. Of course, a lot of people looking for relief at this point in time. And if you are a customer or a client of American Family Insurance, visit. American certified, American Star certified agent Jason Hogue's page, jasonhogue.com, to find out if you will be receiving a little bit of relief from American Family Insurance regarding your auto insurance. They've put uh, into place a relief fund to help those with auto insurance since less people are on the road, less accidents are happening, that they're going to return some of that money back to their clients with American Family Insurance. If you happen to have an auto insurance policy with American Family Insurance, Visit jasonhogue.com and find out if you're going to be eligible for that relief. And while you're there, take a look at everything American Family Insurance has to offer. And if it suits you, reach out to Jason Hogue. And uh, who knows how much you can save or how much more insurance you can get, how much more bang for your buck with American Family Insurance. Uh, Hopefully tomorrow... Uh, we'll have a couple of guests lined up for you. One of them, uh, we're working on Senator Steve O'Ban, who asked the governor today to uh, immediately, immediately install Initiative 976 to provide economic relief for everybody around the state with $30 car tabs. Mm. So we'll see if the governor will do that. Well, it depends on the science. I'm going to say, yeah, the science, well, th- that's math. It's a different science. It's so one the governor doesn't rely on as much because he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like math, especially when it's subtracting. He he likes adding. He doesn't like subtracting. Well, he does like subtracting from 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 the rainy day fund. He likes subtracting, but he's adding that to other things. Oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't like subtracting from from the general fund. I got it. Yeah, or anything like because we know that those car tabs are not protected under the 18th Amendment. They go into the general fund. He doesn't like to subtract the general fund, and he'll say that you know that, that that all these other things. Well, they need that money. People don't need it nearly as much as Sound Transit does. <laughs> yes, people don't need it as much as they do because everybody's on Sound Transit right now under his lockdown. So we'll exactly see how uh, contradictory and uh, oxymoronical. Uh, the governor is in his explanation as to why he won't approve $30 car tabs uh, during the coronavirus pandemic to give people some economic relief. Or just moronical. Yeah. Well, you know, we, can well, forget we know the that's going. Maybe he'll wear the blindfold that was so uh, appropriately suggested earlier. <laughs> that's all for the bottom line news radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere. All the day's news and your weather forecast and more coming up on the afternoon report. We'll be right back. 